You're listening to Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon. Hey, what's up, Internet? It's Brandon. And this is Alex. And Sarah. <laughs> and we're filmmakers. <laughs> and we're also drinking bourbon. Cheers, guys. Cheers. All right. We got oh, something special this today. It's look got, like a regular it's fizzy. Bourbon. It's kind of bubbly. <laughs> huh. How is it? Whoa. Oh. It's Dude. Not, it's not bad. That's not a regular bourbon. What is that? Uh, that's called a seal buck. A seal buck? Yeah. Yes, yes. It's not bad. Now, now granted, we're not bartenders. So well, let me, I mean, you, you are. Let's paint right? the picture here. So- Sarah Hine is sitting in the room. We're so happy to have you finally. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for having me. And um, we've been trying to get her on the show for like ever. And she's like been too busy. She's too cool. Yeah. She's, too she's cool. just too, too cool. cool for we, us. We work with her every once in a while. Yeah. Right. And finally, we got her on the show. But um, yeah. so we're going to find out all about her. We got plenty of that coming. <laughs> but she walks in. Start off she, with a drink. She is yeah. always looking to push things to the next level. <laughs> so she comes in the room with Trendsetter, like, if you She will. comes in with a kit. She had a whole package. She, she brought yeah. in a bartender kit. She was like well, Santa I mean, Claus on I Christmas gotta, Day. I gotta come with something <laughs> impressive here, you know? I don't want to be just like yeah. everybody else. So, so let's explain to us, what was the gift you brought us? Why are we drinking this special concoction special today? Co- Talk about it. Uh, you know, I, I love bourbon. I do. But sometimes I need a little something extra. And I was, um, I I was like at, this. yeah, I was at the bar once and I sort of was telling them that I love bourbon and I also love champagne. And they're like, there's a can drink. Whoa. It's wow. a seal box. And so they mixed it? Yeah. Champagne and Champagne bourbon. Champagne well, and bourbon. But it's got, but it's got yeah, yeah. Other so, stuff. Well, I said, and then I walked away and, you know, I, don't know, I had to look it up yeah. and see kind of what it was. But, uh, yeah, so it's got some Cointreau and yeah. what else was in there? Some uh, bitters. bitters. And champagne yeah, and so bourbon. This is yeah. kind of a. What's, so, the, what's the bourbon in there? Uh, this is Elijah Craig. So okay. last week on the show, we had the 51% Club. We did. And um, they. It was one of their top five, right? Nicole. Yeah. Uh, listed a, her top five bourbons. One of them was Elijah Craig. Mm. So I said, let's pick it up. Let's yeah. try it out. We haven't had it on the show yet. And it's it's, it's tasty. And we've, we've made it have a, a different profile. So if you're listening, the way this thing tastes is um, it's got that carbonation from the from the uh, champagne. And it, yeah. it's got a little bit of that fizzy burn. You, you want to know what this tastes like to me? What's that? Like watered down Fanta with a bourbon <laughs> kick. I'm not sure if that's good. You totally made it like unfancy. Yeah. Like we were getting so fancy you over here. I you're, was you're really like trying to take it up a notch. Yeah, I was ready to like yeah. take it up a notch in class and then you just brought us down. Yeah. You were. Hey, well, that's where I live at the bottom. So uh, <laughs> well, you I know, love my Fanta. It's good for all folks. <laughs> yes. So anyway, we're super excited. Thank you for the gift. It's Thank you for bringing like something it. special Absolutely. to the table. It's fantastic. Um, but for those listening, fantastic. It is <laughs> fantastic. Right. For those listening, though, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Oh, uh, okay. Wow. I want to know. How this. much time do you have? <laughs> uh, so, my name is Sarah, and I'm a. Uh, my background's production. Yeah. So, I've been mostly producer. Uh, for about, I don't want to say how long. <laughs> you I was going to go there, but then I was like, yeah, I'm experienced. That's She's right. She's being humble. That's She's nice. young many and months. pretty yeah. and wonderful. Uh, Just go with her. many months. Thank yeah, you. you thank you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so anyways, I've been in this business for a long time, though, and mm. I kind of fell into it, I think, as most people really do. Um, I grew up in it. Uh, my father was a DP. And so, you know, when I think a lot of people early on, 
they don't even know this is really an option. I think that's changing a little bit. But certainly when I came into it, um, it just wasn't a really a common profession. So did you grow up with like camera builds happening in your living room? Like <laughs> talking like, what was yeah. that like? Like, what did you did, like? You must have known like, oh, my dad's job's different. Very like, different. Yeah, right. <laughs> talk about that. I mean, it was just like he would go away and we'd be like, what did you, <laughs> what, what did you do? Where have you been? Eh, you know, it was always something different, something new. So That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I got a lot of, um, I got a lot of, uh, you know, training early nice. on. Did you ever, did you ever get to go on set when you were little? Yeah, what, I did. Yeah. T- you got any memories or stories from that? What was that like? You know, I think the biggest thing is that when I was early on, he would just, he was really always trying to teach me the ropes. So as much as I was around, I was around, he also, also was an editor, so he did a lot of posts. So I, I was kind of around for that as well. But yeah, just, uh, you know, I always remember him teaching me how to over-under. That was the big thing. <laughs> cable like, cable yes, wrapping. Yes. That's awesome. I was He's like, you're not going to go on any set <laughs> without knowing how to over-under. He's going to try to get you on there as work, as help. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's what I did early on. I, I, I Early, early on, that's what I first did was I ran nice. cable. I was a cable puller. Whoa. You know, I'm like Dad live was stuff. On, he yeah. was running you on a day rate, but you weren't getting anything. Yeah, right. From the guy. <laughs> oh, man. Exactly. So, so that's, that's kind of awesome. how I got my start. Did you did you start immediately like after school and all that right into the business? Did you start somewhere? You else? You know, I went to school. I went to school right I, after high school. I went to college for fine arts, um, and I spent a few years kind of figuring out what exactly I wanted to do <laughs> yeah. with my life, and I wasn't quite sure. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so that's when I kind of made a transition and sort of got involved in production. So it's a, it's a little different because I had an arts background and I yeah. ended up in the line in production, which most would think is not uh, extremely You're like the, the as much, right? Exactly side. as yeah. much. So um, I think I think I've come to appreciate the art behind the production side of things too, mm. though. And I also continue to stretch into like using my creative side yeah as i'm kind of transitioning Absolutely. but but you so. talked about meandering but it seems like as you were meandering after you know in with this you know art degree and fine arts whatever coming back to production is kind of like coming home right in a lot of ways yeah it was kind of a natural i mean it, and so actually when i started i mean i really didn't think it was necessarily for the long term i really just was like i'm not really sure what i'm doing and i was actually getting ready to switch my major again to um Visual communicate. I switched to visual communications, and I was going to switch to TCOM, which was basically yeah. production. Still in the wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah, right. So I was like, ah, I'm not going to switch again. I'm going to go work, and I'm going to see yeah. what happens. So, you, so you jump in. You you embrace the production lifestyle. What what have you? Where did you start out? Did you immediately? Were you working your way up the ladder? Did you work on films? It's were like you doing commercials? Give P- us a little backstory. PA work. Yeah. yeah, no, I started as a PA. I okay. definitely started as a PA. I'm actually the very first thing I did. Um, Kristen Irwin. I think you guys just had mm. her on. Yeah, so, we did. She's great. Yeah, so I've known Kristen for a long time. And when I was first starting out, I contacted her and said, hey, I'm doing this. And she said, oh, my God, we've got a movie coming to town. And <laughs> um, I think you'd I think you'd dig it. Do you remember what that movie was? I, I do. I do. It was Traffic. Oh, yeah. wow. Michael Douglas? Michael Douglas. Nice. Wow. Yeah. That movie had a couple God. scenes that were hard I love, to watch. I love the hesitation there. You're like, ah. Well, you know what's funny is like I, a yeah. lot of times lately people ask me, oh, you've worked on films? What have you worked on? Traffic. Yeah. They're like, blank stare. Really? But they're too young. Oh, my God. Well, that's a classic. They're like, they yeah, were 12. Like a, like a modern film. classic. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's an unbelievable so, film. anyways, but yeah, so anyways, it was, it was, that was a hell of a first 
yeah. job to have. Yeah, what a heavy yeah. film. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. And I was on for five weeks just for the for the Cincinnati portion. Yeah. But, okay. um, but, you know, there was, and I was in the office. So I learned a ton, um, which I thought was great. At first, I was sort of sad that I wasn't on set. Um, but I got to go out. And when I got to go out, I was actually just visiting. They're like, oh, let's take Sarah out to set. You know, mm-hmm. and on the flip side, I was learning so much being in the and, office. And for those listening, the scene when traffic was made. So Cincinnati and, and the over on over the Rhine community has gone through a transformation um, and and kind of a gentrification thing. I know there's some good and bad sides of that, but when they were filming traffic, it was the hood. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, there was no like it's probably wasn't like the number one destination for a young female no. to just hang out you you didn't walk like, around at night by yourself so was that no. was yeah. that experience you know as a young person getting into business all of a sudden you're thwarted and brought onto a set in like oh. the worst neighborhood in the midwest yeah <laughs> well yeah there is that i mean but all of it was so overwhelming i mean that mm. was i'm talking i was like 21 maybe yeah you know i was 21 years old and yeah. i really had only done i mean i ran parabola like on the side of the football games yeah. before that and pulled cable <laughs> This was like the first thing but that over under was on. Yeah, point. exactly. I'm so Just glad I had that down, Dad. Yeah. Man, that's yeah. a hell of a first film. So yeah, so into. it was it was overwhelming on a lot of levels. Um, you know, to have this crew come in and just like descend, and you see how much goes, and you you realize like what all those names on the credits are there mm-hmm. for. Yeah. So it was pretty amazing. Big production. So you jump in, you uh, saw an overview from like the big picture. Then what? Were you? What did you do? So then, you go? then I was like, uh, you know, I was sold pretty much. I think at that point, and I didn't really think too much about going back to school or what else. I just kind of, I was like, okay, I'm in it. Like this is pretty amazing. Um, but from there, I just started doing a lot more local. You know. Um, stuff I kind of got my name out and I was doing a lot more so I ended up being a lot more on the commercial side of things because that's just happens to be what's really was really big in Cincinnati there's a lot of movies coming back in which is awesome but at the time there's a lot of commercial work so yeah and for those listening um, we've said it before but Cincinnati's home to Procter & Gamble Cow Brands um, a lot of sort of CPG companies that do um, you know branding packaging and they have to shoot a lot of commercials for these things so for anybody um, that doesn't know what CPG is, that is what consumer, consumer package, package goods. goods. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, nerd speak. Uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> anyway, lingo here. Out, yeah. right. But even outside of P and G, there's a lot of companies that are based here in Cincinnati that they need production. Yeah. So right. that's why we're able to sustain a production environment from that that angle. So so is there anything that pops out? Was there any project along the way where you're like, oh my gosh, I I can't believe I did that, or oh my god, I can't believe I'll, I'll never do that again. Sort Ugh, of moment. Every project's like that. <laughs> every like, seriously, every project's like that. Every time it's like a roller coaster ride. Um, you get on and you're kind of climbing to the top, and you're like, shit, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> it's like a roller coaster without track, basically. right? Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. And then you're like, got an ah, idea where we want to be. I'm never gonna do this again. Yeah. And then like as soon as it's over, you're like, okay, so what's next? Yeah. So, well, that's I mean, the cool thing every, about commercials, though, is you can get a lot of experience in a short amount yes, of time because yeah, they're what absolutely with you in the production realm. You're on, oh, you know, far before, but then a little bit after. So yeah, right. But I mean, it could it could one. be it. It kind of depends, and I've done you know longer and shorter. But yeah, a couple couple weeks beforehand, and then you yeah. know you got a one to three day run of production, and then you're yeah. wrapping out and done. Yeah. Better than months and months on. Yeah, a no. So yeah, exactly. I think I know what the answer to this is, but so. Everybody listening, we we work with Sarah. She we'll bring her on as producer. 
obviously you know that me and Alex worked together, but am I right that the first project that all three of us worked on was the toothbrush thing? No, no. One no. before that. Fours. Yeah. Which uh, one? Armstrong. Armstrong. No, not no, no. No. Shaw. Shaw. <laughs> Shaw. Shaw. Oh, okay. that's right. Another yeah. home. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Shaw. Well, okay, so then, for me, yeah. that right. project is divided into two parts. Yep. There was everything we shot in New York. <laughs> yeah, which is and right. that was like a with... whole weird yeah. experience. Which, by the way, we need to get Angus. He's, uh, I already talked to him. Okay, cool. Angus, uh, Angus Oborn's going to be on the show. Yep. DP from New York. New York, DP. He's actually shooting some reality stuff right now. Nice. And he's from Australia, so he's got the okay. best accent. <laughs> yeah, so you did, yeah, you did that beforehand. New York, and then you came yes. back here, and we had to do another shoot, which was all like the uh, lifestyle, yeah, in a house stuff, yeah, which yeah. Sarah was heavily involved in. Absolutely, yeah. 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 So, we how were... did that start? I want to know because I, I don't know. <laughs> you want to know the, the real story? Let me yeah. tell you the real story. Yeah. So, I'm a part of this project that was actually really big, um, and we we had to we took over Grand Central Station. This was with uh, Powerhouse, yeah, I guess, the agency here Grand in town. Grand Central's pretty big, and so we for the brand got into Grand Central after hours when it was closed. And we literally had full run of Grand Central Station, which was pretty amazing. It was pretty crazy. But we were working through the night. And as you guys know, that is just stupid. Like, <laughs> I don't mean that this project was stupid. Like, no one should ever work through the night. Like, I don't understand how oh, third shift through. Like, I love it. I, yeah, oh, I man. It. it wears yeah. you out. It's for me, it I, does wear I, you I out. I almost died. Like, uh. I... <laughs> After three days, I woke up and I was so sick. But anyway, yeah. um, but it was fun. We had a, a lot of fun, and like people start to get really kooky at like five in the morning. Yeah. Like everybody's just like best friends. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun from that angle. But yeah, so that project was kind of happening, and it was like this big thing that was moving. And then uh, it came time where we had to get a house in Cincinnati. So a finding a house is not easy when it comes to production. Yeah. Um, well, I remember seeing the uh, initial scouts and stuff, and we had to decide on location. Well, no, it was like three, four, five. Not only know. did it have to be a house, it had to be the right house with the right look. It couldn't be too affluent or too, yeah. you know, lower middle. So or too, there was whatever. that whole be, yeah. there was that whole challenge, and then um, we were working with another producer at the time, Erica, and she did a killer job in New York. And basically, this thing was coming to a head, and we just we felt like we needed a little more manpower, a little more firepower. Um, and that's when Sarah walks in the room and she was like, okay, everybody, here's what I think we might need to do. And so my guess is that if I were you, you were probably looking at me and you were probably like, oh God, what have I gotten into? <laughs> what was your first impression? Oh my God. What did you think? What okay. Did you really think? Okay. 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 Yeah. I'm just going to be real because I can say this now because be you know. now we're all on good terms. Yeah. There was a, there was a moment there where I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I'm not sure <laughs> what if this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, that was that was my first impression. For just, yeah. but we had like a five minute conversation. It was like you just like barreled through everything. Like oh, they're gonna add it, and it's gonna be this, and they're gonna do this, and it's gonna be great. Yeah. And I'm like, and it, my producer like alarm bells are going off. You know, like oh shit. Yep. Um, oh, for man. anybody that doesn't hasn't met Brandon. <laughs> He is a a ball of energy. Yeah. He yeah. He's most he's, days. Yeah. yeah. If you really most know days. me like uh, these two do, then no. you'll see my. Okay. Okay. I'm my other side. Professional sense. Yeah, but you'll yeah. see right. my because you two have seen like my bipolar oh, yeah. side where I yeah. I'm, I'm ready to. I but can't wait to talk about kill game. That's the crash after your like energy high. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it happened. Yeah. Anyway. So, so yeah. So then, but um. You know. That project turned out great. It turned out great, and the thing is, I think it was actually a really 
good first step for me. I come from a really traditional production background. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, I did traffic. It was huge. And from there, I went on to do like pretty high-end commercial, traditional commercial work. Right. So um, Fancy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, dog and pony show, you know, is the whole nine. Yeah. You had um, big budgets and, you know, there was a really prescribed formula for how to do yeah, this. Yeah, for sure. I think there's some really amazing things about that. Um, I do. But I think actually this was great because it was really, it was sort of, I was already sort of <laughs> heading there because, you know, so much has changed. Like that was early on and mm-hmm. it's not the same. It's so much more accessible. It's so much more. And Sarah met me in the midst of what we call the scrappy renaissance. Right. And production <laughs> companies had to get smart and get nimble and, and you know, move quick yeah. and get things done with production quality, but at, you know, well, that's. A competitive budget. That's one of the things I, you know, you bring that up and I, I'm not going to go into this right now, but through the the last couple of projects I've done and uh, conversations with directors and producers and just a few other big dudes I've heard talking like the idea holds true that constraints breed creativity, creativity. Like when you have all the tools, it's not always as creative. Like you just do whatever yeah. you want, <clears throat> but when you're forced to do things it's with true. a lower budget. Like you, Mr. Brandon, you come up with these crazy ideas that just like happen to work, like yeah. cut out cardboard signs and you know, <laughs> yeah. crazy dolly moves. And I'll stuff. take the yeah. big budget as well. Right? <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. I think I think that's true, and I think that was a good. That was actually like a a turning point a little bit for me to say like, how do you take um, what's going on, the new thing that's going on, that's really awesome, and pair that sort of and with the old school the the things that we've learned that do work and find that middle ground and i think that's what we've done actually that's why we work well together and i think think the the con to give people some context when she says traditional production you're talking about production houses that have multiple editors multiple animators multiple producers like sort of a big operation yeah i mean like it wasn't uncommon to have right a commercial, uh, a 30 second commercial or 60 second Mm. commercial three day shoot um, you know, 30, 40 person crew yeah, go yeah. into a house completely, take everything yeah. out, paint it, you know, change it. Drill holes in walls. Right, exactly. But, but, that but, was not uncommon. Right. And even on top of that, though, you're talking about the crew, but the production companies, a yeah. lot of the people you're working with, you're talking 10 to 12 on staff, Big maybe houses. more. Right. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, right exactly. And so a lot our first project, she's coming in the door and she's like, okay, there's you. And who else? And you. And I'm like, well, there's Ryan. He's our motion design guy. And she's like, and, and I'm like. Everyone else is piecemeal. I was like, there's Alex. He's awesome. But I'm not, yeah, I'm not full But he's a, he's a, and so what our whole model, we started our company built on a modular model. We think of ourselves very much like Legos. And so for us, you know, if we need to get big, sure. We just make a few phone calls to some friends and we scale up. Now we can, we're a 20 person crew in New York. Yeah. Or if we need to run and gun for an Instagram campaign, we just do it mm-hmm, yeah no and there, i think the there network. is something really it, it, it's not just beautiful about it but necessary about right. it you know um yeah. but also the traditional model like you said you're you're talking about broadcast 30 60 right. spots and this was a like two and a half minute web that's that's kind of uh, yeah. yeah i mean we're talking about back at yeah. that time right primarily everything was broadcast um and the media you know the cost to buy the media was way more than right exactly so by comparison you know what you're of course you're going to spend a lot on a production because ultimately got to spend a lot to go you know put it on air so now that's just not true and you have to have a lot more of it and so i get i 
I get that. So I, I think mm. people who've come from that world are trying to have to reinvent themselves. Mm. Yeah. Because instead of spending a million dollars on a broadcast spot, mm. they're now doing, you know, 10, you know, or right. eight web spots and one smaller right. broadcast yeah. spot. Exactly. I know? mean, back in the day, it was like you With would do this budget. and it was like it was going to run for the year. Yeah. Maybe you'd do mm-hmm. two. I don't know. Exactly. But not, not right. Right. Well, I think um, what I like about what I'm what I'm so excited about having you on the show is, and, and I think we've told the backstory here. You you grew up in this industry. You've worked on big sets where you've got to do the whole you know the whole rigmarole with you know um, the the full crew, the 20, 30, 40 person crew. You've worked on running gun crews and sets. You've produced things um, you know personally on your own that are you know one and two person deals. So you have this broad experience, which I I really appreciate, and I think our listeners will appreciate. So my question now is, um, from that experience and what you're doing now, um, what are some things that you've picked up? What are some takeaways, some key takeaways? we got a lot of filmmakers listening, and they might be you know, running a film company in Wichita. They might be running a film company in uh, Waukesha. Um, <laughs> what, are some, what are some key takeaways? You know, you've worked with a lot of different production companies. They all look different. They all act different. What are the things that really matter? And what are the things as a producer you want to tell people, hey, guys, you need to be doing this? Pre-production. You know, I think the thing now is because we can do things so much faster, um, because things are more accessible, people just want to shoot. Pre-production is not important at all. No. People are like, what are you, what are you, this this thing you speak of, pre-production, you know? It's a waste of time. Right. Um, Oh, it drives me crazy. There's nothing cheaper and, and... Nothing, yeah, nothing cheaper really than doing pre-production hmm. planning. So you when you, when you say pre-production, you know, a lot of people get turned off of you know, ah, oh, meetings, meetings, meetings. Okay, what, let's so, not. Yeah, no, I, and there is a lot of discussion that goes into it, but I don't. I hesitate to. I don't like the word meeting really. Um, I think it's about it's about really developing what your idea is fully, developing fully what you want to say. Um, people start trying to do that in post. And I'm not yeah. saying there, there's always room for that. The story is going to grow and it's going to evolve. And a lot of that happens when you shoot and some of that happens when you're in edit. And I think that's true. But I do think that there's not enough time spent on really developing what you want to do and how to execute it beforehand. Because that's the, you don't want to be standing, it drives me no. nuts, standing on set, having conversations that should have been had. I was gonna and say it's that. a waste of time for the yep, crew. Yep. And you end up spending more money. Right? Yeah, and you end up spending more money. Yeah. Now, do you find yourself as a producer, do you feel like you have to fully understand and and hold dear the create? Like you have to I get do. it. Well, I do. Talk but about it. I don't know that everybody does, but um, that's just the way my brain works. I, I can't, I am best when I know all the elements because, you know, as a producer, at any minute, somebody's going to ask you something and I want to be able to answer intelligently um, because my job is to not have to bother other people in a moment that's inappropriate. So for me to know everything I can possibly know up front, consider things, um, yeah, that's that's how I roll. I don't know that everyone does that, but... I, so I don't know that we've actually ever talked about what a producer does. Oh, yeah. That's a really good because it's, it's such well, a catch-all yeah. phrase. And I feel like some are, diff- some are different than <laughs> others. Like, can you talk well, about some of the details that go in from, 
you know, way in pre through all the way through post yeah. and are, are and there different types? Yeah, yeah there's yeah. different, because if you yeah. watch a movie, everyone's a producer. Oh, God. Yeah. We've had this conversation yeah, yeah. But I know, before. Like, I know some producers specifically, like some guys that are around here, like, uh, you know, we've worked, Alex Parks, a uh, yeah. great guy from Cincinnati area, just moved out west. He's traditionally focused a lot on post. Yeah. And some people focus on the pre-side. Some yeah. people are just during production. Like, what does yeah. it, do they all, all right, think? we need you to break it down. Dispel yeah. for us. Uh, yeah. Producer, what types, what they do, go. Okay. Um, I think that's a really broad question. So I will just do my best from my experience. But, um, you know, it is different. Um, in television, you know, the, television shows, the producer has a whole different role. And I'm not even going to go into that. Um, you know, f- film producers, you know, are at the top of the food chain. They have, um, you know, production managers underneath them and who are doing more of the work. So I'm going to focus on on commercial okay. um, yeah. production because that's kind of where, that's kind of my background. No doubt. Um, but I think that the difference is really just in, in your experience. Like a, a producer can take a job all the way from pre-production through post-production. Typically like an agency producer might really... Um, sometimes do post production mm-hmm. and like the line producer would just be responsible for the shoot portion. Yeah. Um, but it kind of depends. Like my experience, I worked for an agency, so I've done some agency producing. I've done line producing. I've done, I think it's all about your experience. And I think the, the, um, I think the same thing applies. The big thing is like, you can't teach people. It's not, you, boy, I'm struggling. So producing is um, complicated. Yeah, right. Exactly. No, I guess that I guess what I'm trying to say is that, um, you know, once you, if you're good at anticipating, if you're good at soaking in the details and understanding how they affect everybody else, you can do all of that. You know, I mean, that's kind of. So, I mean, mm, I think you good. can be an agency producer, you can be a line yeah. producer, you can be a post producer. I like, I like what you said about soaking in. The details and anticipating what's coming next. Yeah, I mean, because you have to be able to look and say, "Oh, you just like you just make some offhanded comment about mm-hmm. this thing that you want to do," and what happens is in my brain, I'm going, "Oh, Alex needs to know about that <laughs> because he's going to have something to say about that." Sure. Yeah. I don't know what he's going to say about it. I really don't know. Mm. You know, my job's not to know everything. My job is to mm. know that it will affect people and that who I need to talk to, For and sure. I think that. Um, yeah, so is producer it, is very loose. Is it safe to say that, like, in a general sense, no matter what part of the spectrum you're on from pre-production to post-production, the general title of, title of producer is to just get it done, like, facilitate mm. the actual doing of whatever, in, in whatever sense, budget, gear, crew. Boom. Right, like, to oversee. Yeah. Right, exactly. You're, you're like the <clears throat> top dog. <laughs> well, she is in charge. I Absolutely. mean, <laughs> I don't know. I would say that there's some debate about who's in charge, really. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, we're all there to get a beautiful yeah. piece. And that, I think, is a collaborative effort. And a lot of that comes from directors and DPs. And um, I think the role of the producer is really just to make sure that's smooth and everyone everyone has the information they need to do the best job that they can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and what I, I think from a director's point of view, what I think and the way I view a producer is, to me, the producer is my accountability. The producer is the one who, you know, mm. hey, Brandon, that's a great idea, but here's what that's going to cost. 
hey, Brandon, that's awesome, but here's how much time that's going to take. Hey, yes. Brandon, that's wonderful that you think that's going to happen, but guess what? <laughs> I've got five guys in a Come truck. Back down to I've earth, got five buddy. guys in a yeah. truck, and we're going to have to do a company move. You do know that, right? Right. And so that's where that dialogue, and to me, it's so important to have a great relationship with your producer. And so I love working with producers that I have good chemistry with. Yeah. Um, like, you have to be able to look at somebody and say, I want this to be red. And they have to look at it and go, oh, I know what you mean by red. Because mm-hmm. if they look at your red and they think it's blue, like bad things happen. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I, you know, I love about that's work, a, I mean, that's a good tangent, tangent, though, is, is the relationship between the producer and all the different parts of the crew. Because it's different for everyone. Th- mm-hmm. To me, I think the relationship yeah. between the director and the producer is almost exactly like the relationship between the DP and the director. Yeah. Because it's all about understanding a common language. So, like, for instance, we've talked about this before. If I ask for an ECU, an extreme close-up. Yours is different than everyone else's. My extreme close-up is really extreme versus a lot of directors. Like, I want to be, like, if I say I want an extreme close-up on the eye, like, I don't really want to see the the eyelid at all. I just really want to be, like, on the iris. Macro, yeah. And same way, if I tell Sarah um, I want this to be in and out, like, that has meaning. And so she knows if I'm like, hey, I want to be in and out, she knows, like, oh, crap, Brandon wants to run and gun this shoot. He knows he wants to be in and out. He wants to do it quick, clean, yeah. and efficient. But that lingo is developed. Ab- absolutely. If I went, if there was somebody I've never worked with yeah. before, and I said in and out, they might not know what I mean. Or if I said whatever the phrase, they take is, you to a burger shop in yes. L.A. You know, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So to me, that's the importance of it, and that's why I think you know all production companies, all directors, all videographers need to develop people in their lives and have relationships with producers and whatnot mm-hmm. that they are speaking the same language. Because right. exactly. if you're not, things get messy. Yeah, and I, I think that is the trick for being a producer too. It's it Really, it's about being very highly sensitive to the situation and yeah. knowing how to read people and knowing when to ask questions and when to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's knowing it's you're like time. A it's time. You're, you are <laughs> yeah. you're a little therapist. You know, I mean, you're... You're trying to, I just like want to make everyone happy and want to make it smooth as yeah. possible. And to me, like a shoot day is like a, I mean, the whole thing, it's kind of like, it's a, this is where I got into like, oh, production is sort of an art because it's yeah. like a symphony mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. You're the conductor, yeah. You know, like, it's like you, you want, you just think through all this stuff and you're like, okay, and then this is going to happen and then <laughs> these people are going to walk in and then this is going to be here and they're going to know what they're doing and bump, 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 like yeah. all this stuff just, you, and you're orchestrating. Do you find yourself, because you work with a lot of different people. So do you find yourself, depending on who you're working with, you have to make a f- mental shift and be like, oh, I'm working with him or her today. Therefore, I need to be like, and you kind of, do you Absolutely. find yourself doing I, that? I think, that, I think the more you Chameleon. do it, the faster you do that, though, because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't really think about it so much anymore, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. and that and that's not even true, just like, okay, if I'm working with you as a director versus a different director, but also just all the personalities there are on a set yeah. mm-hmm. that you need to do DP, things yeah. for you, you know? And so you have to be like, you have to oh. be everyone's best friend or yeah. you, mean, you just play all these different roles yeah. and it's kind of a little manipulative. Okay. I Crazy. Guess, <laughs> so I want to get, I want to get down to a couple key takeaways. I think we've got some people listening to, to the show who are like maybe interested. They want to get in. Okay. So you were born into this thing. You you kind of you kind of <laughs> family business. Yeah, yeah, you were born into it, it uh, but you then you fought it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But then you were like, no, no. Oh, right. This is where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, we've we've established you've you've got an immense experience. So talking to somebody who's like, I want to get into film. 
Somebody who is your young 21-year-old self. Right. Specifically wants to be a producer. What do they need to know? And here's, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, uh, If you can do this, you're amazing. If not, we'll we'll figure (laughs) it out. Oh, shit. Can I do this? Is this okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I feel bad that I put you on the spot. Okay. I'm going to do it because you're amazing. so terrible. I'll sit back and laugh. Do you have, (laughs) do you have like, what are your, you got, you got five things? Because that would work out for my top five. Uh, Yeah. What are the things, we'll just say what are the things. If they happen to be five, then I luck out. But what are the things that they need to know right now? From your experience, you're you're talking to your 21-year-old self who wants to be a producer. Right. What do you need to know? Go. Okay. I think the first thing is just to not forget why you're there. I, I, I see this all the time. People really, they lose sight of the fact they're like, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. No, none of that matters can i say that sure we'll just put a yeah we'll put an e on the itunes episode all right sorry (laughs) yeah uh you know we are there to make an amazing piece of work and i think everyone's job is to contribute to that and i think if you remember that you'll do well i think that was one good okay one down uh the second thing is anticipate just anticipate. Just think. When st- I like make a game in my head, and it's kind of an obsession, <laughs> but, it's, but it's a game. Like, how many things can I think of that would go wrong, could go wrong if I don't <laughs> anticipate them ahead of time and avoid them? And that I think if That's you can great. just sit there and look around and make a game out of it and say, "Okay, oh, this person might move that." And that's going to fall, you know, or I need to pick this up or I need to be out of the way or I need to help this, you know, whatever. How is that washer going to get back to the rental shop? (laughs) Right, exactly. Like anything you can do to, and somebody told, so I'm going to just make that. Are these guns safe? (laughs) Oh God, that's right, an armor. (laughs) I'm going to make that too. You know, again, I I do think making it into a game is helpful for me. I sometimes think about it like that. The third thing I think is, um, oh shit, I just had it. I might need to drink some more. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let this. Uh, no, that's great. All right, let's so, call it so, seal box. Yeah, I, let the seal box take hold. In. So far, I mean, we could stop it too. This is yeah. great feedback. So it's all about know why you're there. Realize, look, guys, yeah. we're not in a factory pushing widgets. No, you no. guys are. We're you're, doing cool you're stuff. You're lucky this to is, be in this profession. Yeah, you're blessed. Yeah, take take two. Two. Anticipate what's going to go wrong. That's the the role of a producer. I think that's the role yeah, of anybody a, on a film yeah, set. It really. is. No it matter really what is. your position, you have to be able to look ahead and say, depending on my position, I got to be ready for this. Yeah. You know, if you're not, it's great. Shit's or, going down. You know, I I love. I, I love I'm going to just make this into my third. It might not really be different, but I, I love when people say, you know, what can I do? I'm I'm ready. I'm here. I can mm. help. I appreciate that. Make yourself available. But what I would yeah. like is to not look around and see garbage around while you're asking me if there's anything you Ooh, can do. I like it. To help. Mm. Like, look around before you ask me if you can help nice. me. So and how about, do the things how about that you know. You can distill that to use common sense. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, sometimes people are in what such about, a hurry or get to. Get your hands dirty. Get your hands dirty. Yeah. Either one. It's like, one of the reasons I love in working there. in Cincinnati in a lot of ways is because people are, are very much team players. Um, Yep, and I I do love that, but yeah, it goes that same we, thing. Yeah, we've know? talked about that I think with the on the Kristen Irwin episode about how uh, the sense of community here is super yeah, strong. Like everyone's willing to jump in. Yeah, uh, there's so many people that are willing to you know if you've built up the trust, jump on projects for little to no pay, knowing that they'll develop into something else. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, so build build some experience. If you're on set, you're in a, a PA or a, an associate producer. You're you're part of the team. And you hear the producer or the director say something to the effect of, ah, oh, man, we really need a blank. 
find a way to figure out where that blank is and you bring that thing to the table and you will be hired. I know. Yeah. And even before that, I would say too, sometimes when I'm standing there and again, it's just like that little game thing, but I'll look and I can see somebody looking around Hmm. and I'm like, what are they looking for? What are they looking (laughs) for? Oh, they want to stand up on some, we need an Apple box, you know, like whatever, like that's what I mean by anticipating. Like you can see when people are looking for something or thinking about something and like trying to figure out what they're doing and be there with it mm, is an right. amazing skill that people will be like, I want this person no on every job. Okay. I think that's the biggest thing I learned as, because uh, I started out in the grip, grip and electric realm, and that's the biggest thing. Yeah. It's like your key grip or your gaffer, if you, you know, they're worried about all the other stuff. So if you've got the common sense things locked down and the C stands are standing by and the Apple boxes are there ready to go and nobody has to go running, yeah, you're golden. Right. Yeah, that's great. So the first three have a lot of relevance to to the actual being on set. I'm going to push for number four. Do you got anything, because you deal a lot with budgets, mm-hmm. and I know that we can keep this conversation going on and on about budgets, but <laughs> what, what do you? what's the one takeaway after making a bunch of budgets and having to hold people to the fire on their budgets? For our fourth, what's, what's something you would say about when it comes to the money, when it comes to the budgets? I think that you can, um, people sometimes ask, how much is that going to cost? And I think it's like, or they'll say a budget, ah, sorry, this budget's really low. Can we do it for that? We can do it for any budget that you have. It's just relative. You know, yeah. I mean, I think the big thing when you're producing and you're asked to do a budget um, is to think about all the caveats or all the assumptions that go into that budget because people get in trouble because they make a budget to fit. And they don't call out all the things that they've assumed to make that budget. Mm. And then they get their ass handed to them when people have a certain expectations. Well, wait, what do you mean I don't get to? Because they forget all of that. Mm-hmm. Once you get in production, they don't care that we agreed on this low price and we're, you know, we're doing this for this budget. They want to know why they don't have options or why they don't have mm-hmm. this or why they don't have a full spread of breakfast. Or, yeah. you know. So I think the big thing is you can you can do production at any level, um, but there are trade-offs, and you have to be very clear about what those are. Okay, great. So that's clarify cool. the budget. I yeah, think that's great because you yeah. might get that's huge for that's me. Something. Like on my end and dealing with her, I might oh. have less camera camera equipment, less yeah. crew. Right. On your end, you may not be able to afford the talent you want. For the record, the Alex never gets less camera and less crew. <laughs> he always wants more. More, 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 more. I don't know about that. Jeez. I yeah. think this I guy. think he's been getting pretty good. He was so far yeah. as to say he would shoot Kill Game on an iPhone. I'll shoot Kill Game That's on That's a whole other show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we can talk about this all day. Okay, uh, so we got to get we got one more. We're one away. God. We're one away. So we're talking about appreciate what you're doing for a living. Okay, we are him. not squares. We are the circles. You're lucky. Doing really cool stuff. Yep. Two anticipate anticipate if you're going to be on set you're going to be in production you got to anticipate what's going on that's how you provide value as a producer number three use common sense or get your hands dirty get your hands dirty for crying out loud garbage needs to be picked up pick it up if you see something that needs to be done get it done yeah number four for crying out loud clarify your budgets yeah yep uh stick to let people know what they're getting for what they're spending yeah 
Don't give your can stuff you away do, for Wow, can, this can, is like a show. Yeah, We're, we you, got something here. You know, yeah. can you produce this for uh, 25 grand? Absolutely. But here's what we can do yeah. for 25 yes. grand. Beautiful. Here's what's this is lack. what it's okay. going to be like. Yeah. So number five. This is, this is, I feel there's a lot I of pressure on I feel like I've got one. number five. Ooh. Okay. Number like five. All right. Okay, so I'm going to start with a little story about when, so when I was um, starting out in producing, after, I mean, I'd already done production, PA, production manager, whatever. I worked with a really lovely director. Um, Cliff Schwander and um, I was on a job one time and I was um, I saw one of the grips moving this big ladder and I ran over and I started helping him and I was like oh here you know like and I, this is a ten- bad tendency you know mm-hmm. and Cliff comes up to me he goes don't ever let me see you do that again and I was like, I don't understand. Like, why? Like, he needed help, and I was there. This is and, why we hire these people. Right, yeah. right. And and Cliff said, that is not your job. Your job, <laughs> if you're doing that, you're not doing your job. Mm. And I think that's really hard to learn because as somebody who really came up being so hands-on and always wanting to be involved and helped, when do you um, – you cross over to that point where you're like, your job is actually to be standing there paying attention to the client, paying attention to the director, and thinking about other things, not worrying about jumping up and doing it. Yeah. Mm. Right. And that is really hard. Um, and I think the thing that goes along with that that I would say is like, um, somebody also always told me, your, your job is to impress the person directly above you. You know, that's the mm. person that's going to hire you. Don't try to impress the director if you're a PA. Don't try to impress the producer if you're a PA. Hmm. Impress the fucking coordinator yeah. who's hiring you. One They're the up. one who's going to cool. hire you again. So so number five, know your role. Yeah. Know your role, know your role and play to it. Yeah. Play to it with strength. Don't and slow know, your role, yeah. but know your role. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> slow your role, but know your role. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. That's great feedback. And I think if you're nice listening- list. If you're it's list- almost a handbook on how to become yeah, a producer. it's amazing. Five. I <laughs> yeah. got them all. Wow, you got yeah. it. That was a little worried. I mean, yeah. we can, I'm sure we can make a hundred, but some of them, you know, tie into the rest. And yeah, well, and here's the thing. I, I mean, I think that um, you know a lot of people think about production and they think of you know cameras and they think of acting and all this sorts of thing, but that's really, a small part of it, man. The glue yeah. that makes this world go round in the world of production are the producers. Yeah, really seriously. <laughs> to be honest, like yeah. that's where it oh. happens. So. If you if you want to get into production, if you're looking for a job that's creative and, you know, you maybe you're not the most artistic person in the world or maybe you are. Regardless, you're organized. Mm. You have a sense of knowing your surroundings, you can adapt with different people. Like those are qualities that you could fit right into and you could be working in this industry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And absolutely. I think um, I think it's a it's important piece to remember as a producer you absolutely are part of the creative team Mm -hmm. your role is different and everyone has their role but sometimes i think it's hard you know and i think early on i really muscled through like the the more like logistics end before you realize like it really is an art and it really you really are part of the creative team it's just everyone has like sort of their different um add to that and and my ad i think is to to help bring it to fruition and to clarify things and to really build on things mm-hmm. um, versus maybe being the one who, you know, has yeah. the initial or or actually does any of the 
the real work. Well, it's, <laughs> dude, it's. Hey, I feel the same way yeah. as a director. No. Once we get on set, I feel like I'm just sitting there watching people do stuff. Yeah. Well, by that point, yeah, it's you've got all the pieces laid out, and it should just yeah. assemble itself. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're just there to make sure well, that it does. That's a really good point too. Right? If you've done your job as a producer, and I, I've been on plenty of shoots that aren't super are a little rocky. But I think the ultimate goal is, again, and this just goes back to the pre-production. The ultimate goal is that by the time you get to, to the shoot, you don't have a job, really, because you've done all your work. And ideally. Ideally. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the goal. And that yep. is sure. never, you know, 100%. Yeah. But Producer is a weird role. It's like part conductor, part cheerleader, <laughs> part, part of, architect, part, part accountant. accountant. Yeah. Right. And they, yeah. Fill, and they fill in the gaps, I think, too. That's another thing is like... The producer sort of it's fills everything. in the gaps where other people, where the communication or like, you know, is lacking. Like, and that's where you get to, I think, really express your creativity a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The, for in sure. Those gaps. You're the hub. You're like the router of the <laughs> internet, which is the film community. Uh, I mean, honestly, like I have such a hard time articulating that to people ask a lot of times. Yeah. We don't have a whole hour and two people you know, asking me questions. This makes it a lot easier. <laughs> I'll, I'll just refer them to this podcast. No, there you go. Beautiful. Do you want to know yeah. what I do? Listen to this yeah, podcast. Because yeah. yeah. it is hard to articulate. And you're right. There's a lot of people out there saying, oh, executive producer, producer. And a lot of times, sometimes they just give those titles away, which sure. I think there's been some changes on that because yeah. I think some other producers are a little bit like, whoa. But for the, for the <laughs> most part, and, and this was to a point we talked about with clarifying producer, can we assume executive producer means you're funding it? Yeah, I think Money. generally, generally speaking, I think in commercial world, executive producer is a little different. I, and again, I'm, I'm talking from my own experience with movies. You know, yeah, I think primarily, but in the world of commercial production, I think the executive producer truly is more an overseer of almost like more of an account. You know, like they're sure. they're looking at it from the big picture, and they're helping to make sure that um, from a from a company standpoint, this makes sense. Yeah, and, and a but, client yeah. standpoint. Yeah, and a, yeah, right, exactly. In a smaller so, house, the executive producer sure. might be the owner of the production company. Yeah, right, company exactly. So I think sure, yeah. there's a big role for executive producer in commercial production. Yeah. Cool. From then down, the, the different roles, it just gets more compartmentalized. Yeah, right, so exactly. Pretty, you just yeah. have a smaller, you're more focused on a specific, like for yep. a line producer, you're more focused on one particular project, bringing that to... Mm-hmm. fruition cool so excellent Very so cool. speaking of creativity uh let's talk a little bit we talked a little bit about where you came from right let's talk a little bit about where you're oh, going okay. miss sarah we're here uh so for some of you me and sarah have had s- some conversations and at one point i'll just let you know that she was like i'm done with this i'm out of <laughs> she was yeah, like i'm out of here yeah. I'm, I'm leaving i'm we done i'm and ah, yeah. she um so well, there was, was another. There's another interest, right? Yeah. She so likes apart fashion. from film, well, there's lots of interests. Yeah, I think but this is the there's thing another artistic. But interest. one of them is fashion, and right. she's she's always has like the coolest looks. And she, mm. I was so excited to show her my boots today because I was like, <laughs> check out, look, I'm up in my look. Uh, so she she's always well put together, and so she was exploring this world in fashion. I love um, how you're telling her story, about I know, it. I know it's but great. I'm saying, it's great. I, I'm I like saying. it. So <laughs> I'm telling you what I'm hearing on the other end yeah, of the fence. Yeah, yeah. So. And I'm, of course, I'm terrified because I'm like, we're uh, gonna lose her. We're you're gonna one lose of her. my favorite producers. Yeah, it was what do you mean you're going to go explore fashion in New I'm, York? I was scared. Um, so, <laughs> so help me, or let's tell the listeners, let's share, this is part of your story. So you have this moment and you're kind of like, ah, maybe I want to explore some other stuff or whatever. 
but then ultimately you're on the show and you're producing <laughs> more than ever. So give us a quick, yeah. a quick synopsis of your tangent. And then bring us into this really exciting moment you're in now where I think you've even launched an LLC. Uh-huh. Go. I did. Um, yeah. Okay. So I I think everyone, I think anyone who has a lot of heart and passion and, try, and like really, you know, loves a lot of things has a, has a moment sometimes where they're like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Is mm. this enough? Am I doing enough? Am I doing the right thing? I I think I had that moment for well a couple of years maybe. <laughs> crisis. Yeah, cri- right. Yeah. Early, early midlife crisis. Yeah. Uh, was yeah. Like to give you context, for at least two years, Sarah would uh, precede every <laughs> every job request with, "Well, I'm not producing anymore." <laughs> Well, no, but I'll do this one for you. I don't know if it was that. It was I don't know if yeah, maybe yeah, I guess. Yeah. I know. People would be like, "Oh, so you're are you are you back?" <laughs> I don't know I don't if know. I left yet. Yeah, <laughs> not sure. I mean, I'm doing this. Okay, one. limbo. Okay, so yeah, you're in limbo. So yeah, so I have some other things that I care about, and I and fashion being one of them. And um, so I I did. I started to pursue that. I applied to Parsons in New York, and I was accepted. And um, that was a hard call when I realized though that I just needed to define a little bit more of like what I was after because I felt like I was just going to jump to another. I love that. I'm not going to let it go. I do it. I still do it. So I kind of, that's kind of not going anywhere, but do I want to make this jump into this whole other industry? Am I running away from something or am I running towards something? Mm-hmm. And I think I realized I was, I was running away from something. I just didn't know what I wanted to do and I just wanted to make sure I was doing enough. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. And you so, found you, you realized you found enough. Well I had to I had to figure there. out what what it was that I really felt like I was meant to do or wanted to do or what it was that I was like, what is it that's like eating at me that says like I'm not doing enough? And I think that was just like I wanna I want to make people feel shit. Mm. I want to make people care about things. I think, and myself included, I mean, apathy, I think, is a really huge problem right now. There's so much coming at us all the time that it's just, it's easy to be apathetic. It's hard to kind of push past that. So, mm-hmm. and that was kind of what, I mean, I feel something when I look at amazing fashion or fabric or the way it moves or, you know, I feel something. And um, so I think I was drawn to that. But um, when I define that, I also said like, whoa, I am not in the wrong business. <laughs> I am not in the wrong business. I'm just not doing, maybe, I'm I'm maybe not doing what I want to do in it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so then I, when I crystallized that um, and decided to stay, that's when I decided like, I'm going to open, I'm going to stop being a freelancer and I'm going to start being a business and I'm going to be more intentional about what I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be intentional about what I choose and what projects I work on. And I'm going to start to shift into directing more of my own stuff instead of producing other people's stuff. Nice. Yes. So, so what uh, what type of projects, what does that look like? What, uh, what do you, I know, I don't know if you want yeah. to distill that so well, far. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I'd say it's really early because this is all like, yeah. this is all just happening in the last couple of months, You're which is amazing. Um, well, it feels good to finally like, feel like there's movement on that and clarify like sure. okay well and let's, what is it le, the the thing to clarify as well that she didn't say is 
as soon as she made this decision, oh right, the phone just started <laughs> blowing up, yeah, right. and this goes. girl is getting calls from all over the place, and people are like, "Hey, we we want you, we want your point of view, and we want you to yeah. to be a part of our project." And I think right. that's what's really cool. It's but like the every the old saying in in the freelance world, like if you're not working and you want to work, just plan a vacation. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but does it look like more more or less commercial stuff, more or less dramatic stuff? Less. More, I mean, I would say right know. now, actually, what's what's interesting is right now it's still a lot of producing other people's stuff, hmm. um, and it's still a lot of commercial stuff. But I'm looking at it differently, and I'm taking things away from it that I think I'm going to be able to use that are going to make me stronger. And I'm thinking about that in a different way that I wasn't before. Yeah. You know, before mm-hmm. it was like I was just, I was so focused on just doing an excellent job for this thing. I wasn't thinking about how to translate that into something for myself. And now I am. And so that, I think the things that I'm doing now are still really beneficial, which is why I really like mm-hmm. the working with people who are doing more, less standard, mm-hmm. more pushing, you know, scary things, scary things. Sometimes yeah. you look at it and go, oh God. They'll send me like a reference and go, we want to do something like this. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? Um, which, by the way, I think for people starting out is sometimes like they assume everybody knows what they're doing all the time. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> no. Every time is like, uh, every time. Every time you have to figure out, mm-hmm. oh, how would we do this? That's part of the fun of it. So anyway. Yeah. yeah. That well, could be like a number six though on the list. Yeah. Is, is bonus? <laughs> no, is own it. Yeah. Bonus. Just own it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, dude, you got to do you. Yeah. Well, the thing, yeah. and the thing I'm excited about is um, the space where, you know, especially with Sarah, she brings a lot of interesting things to the table. A, she's buttoned up, and you know, like, I know without a doubt, like, literally, I referenced a toothbrush project. I did not have capacity to even deal with that project. I literally called Sarah and was like, make this go away. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I didn't do anything until I showed up on set. And even then, I don't know that I did anything. Oh, that's not true. But it was amazing how you just, like, got it done. But the thing that I really appreciate is, um, and I I feel like this was a shared experience on Kill Game, is that when somebody as a producer has the confidence to get things done, but then they also have good insight, it opens up a whole new world of creativity where I feel like your creativity comes from a really interesting place of, like, like it's creativity that's also already been vetted through the practical lens. Mm. Does that make sense? It, it does. Yeah. I mean, that's I, what you, I you like, know. What's it does, capable. But, yeah. Like if yeah. she throws out an idea, I know it's not just like yeah, off the top of the head. Like she's thought about it. But that's she, the good thing about this industry. It's it's collaborative. Like you're you're the sum right. of all parts. So you may have somebody on the crew that's well versed in you know mm-hmm. car rigging and some guy that's okay she's done a lot of green screen mm-hmm. and right. blah 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 but you bring it all I, together I guess where, where yeah. I'm going at is let's just take Kill Game for example sure. for those of you who've listened to the show you know it's a short film me and Alex uh, are, are producing it's been shot um, as we were doing it I had this vision for an end scene where everybody dies and they fall into a piece of pie yep so it was a beautiful moment and looking back on it Sarah came back and she said well a, I want to challenge that notion. I think it's a little cliche. B, what are we going to do when everybody falls into the pie? We've got to reset. We've got to redo makeup, and we've got to re- redo wardrobe. Yeah. So she sort of challenged that, and then presented her option of, well, you know, maybe they don't, they don't all have to. to do that. Maybe, maybe one falls on the chair. Maybe one goes on the floor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so to me, I think that's the beautiful space of, and 
or plus. No. You take an idea and you plus it up. You don't just shoot yeah. it down. I was going to say, so it, in addition to, it's a sum of all parts, but it's also an industry of compromise. Mm-hmm. So mm. you start yeah. out with these grand ideas. You don't give up, but you compromise and you find that good middle ground. Right. right? I think the thing I want to call out there too, though, is it's, it is always in the effort of creating the best end product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because sometimes people hear compromise, and I, and I want to say this, I guess, just because of my way. own defense yeah. of producers who get sometimes a bad rap for just being concerned about the money or the time or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. And maybe there are some out there, but I think most of them, and myself included, care about making the... I mean, that is why we're there. Like, mm-hmm. We wouldn't be here doing this if it weren't about creating something beautiful um, so, yeah. so it's, it's, it's not just a compromise and it's not just, you know, it, well, you could take it, it too far. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It it's, could be, it's, they all fall into the pie or you cut the I just want to be cut relative to like, okay, yeah. so here's a good example. Like I worked on a project not too long ago where, um, we have one day shoot and we're, we're spending a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of time on a shot that I want to look beautiful, but also know it's like half a second yeah you know in the final piece so and and i know we have a lot of dialogue and things that are going to require a lot um of more work later on in the day so choose your i don't want to say to you like i don't want this to be perfect but i want you to know so that's my that's where i feel like you know my job is to to kind of say like hey how do you feel about this? Where are we at? Because yeah. <laughs> just for your information, this is only a half a second. For sure. And that other stuff yeah. is, that's, you know. That's another piece of the producer puzzle, though, is is the general. Like, mm-hmm. choose Absolutely. your choose your battles. You can't fight three fronts at once. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? You have, but where well, are you going to focus your energy? Absolutely. And I think I appreciate that. I know um, I, I work a lot with Sarah, and um, we mentioned Alex as well. And what I think is a beautiful thing is when you have a relationship enough where you start to realize each other's mannerisms and facial <laughs> expressions. Yeah. So there's a certain. Like, I know when you're fading. To me, yeah. yeah, yeah. To me, there's two Sarahs. <laughs> like there's like, there's like happy, creative Sarah, and then there's like it's time to do business, Sarah. <laughs> and it's just so funny to like watch that. And I know as a director, I'm like, okay, like oh, I I can't push for another shot on this, like business air is coming out that and i trust it because i'm like that means there's a bunch of things in the background going on that if i neglect this film won't get shot this commercial will not finish on time yeah. mm-hmm. and so i learned to trust those instincts and when i see those expressions on the face or whatever i know i have to give up on whatever it is i'm trying to achieve creatively and just move on yeah and that's hard because i feel the same way like i i know i give you those looks but i very hesitantly because I also want you to get the best thing, but I also want you to have a complete film. Sure. <laughs> you know, true. like the film is no good if it's only half done. Yeah, you get a beautiful shot true that story. makes no sense yeah. in the context right. of the film. Or, or yeah. right, exactly, yeah. you know, like relative. Yeah. How 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 is is this yeah. like the define and when you look mm-hmm. at me and you say, Sarah, this is like the defining moment of the film then yeah. I am more than happy to be like, all right. Put the energy I, I do, in. Uh, great. Sure. Yeah, we'll, lo- we'll, then you know, we'll, we'll yeah. lose a half hour on this right. and then, try to okay, make it up later. Here's how yeah. we'll readjust yeah. if this is the priority, and I'm all for that. L- let me yeah. throw something on the table, Alex, from your point of view, because yeah. you're you're all about running the team for like the day of the shoot, 
right? So a lot of certain my depart- certain departments. A lot yeah. of my world is pre-production, the big idea. Is this thing all going to come together? Yep. Your world is. I got the big idea, but I need to do it. Now, I need to do <laughs> yeah. it today. You, and you've got an army sometimes, yep. depending on the, the budget and whatever, you've got all these people we're working with. What's the role between, um, you know, from the execution side with all of the crew members? Now, it, it might vary on different realms. As a director, I love, and I think you appreciate this, I love um, trusting you to run your team. I don't, yeah. I don't feel like I have authority to talk to the best boy. Well, there's a technical, <laughs> there's a technical ground that, yeah. That, so, how important is it to you to have a producer that gets it? Extremely. I, I think I'll start off by saying that uh, I think that's one of the most understated and um, under glorified maybe parts of the industry is the organizational aspect or the teamwork aspect. Like, I think there's a lot of creative people in this world, in the filmmaking, video making, documentary, whatever world. But there has to be a certain amount of personability, if that's a word, like the ability to interact with others and mm-hmm. to uh, manage. So there's a huge management aspect and somebody that gets that like as a DP. So I it, theoretically am in charge of the uh, visual side of it. So the lighting, the camera, grip, those teams. And working with a producer that understands that and then knows, it's been on enough sets that knows, okay, so Brandon wants this. This is the final goal is this dolly shot, whatever, this epic end scene. Alex knows how to technically achieve that. I've been on a shoot where we've done something similar. She knows theoretically how long it should take, whatever. And so she will confer and say, okay, yeah, I need two hours to set this shot up. You know, when three Mm -hmm. hours passes and she's like, you know, what the F is going on? Like it, it won't it should, be three yeah. hours. There's, again, Alex. there's the accountability aspect, <laughs> sure. right? So somebody that it can push and say, "Okay, you should have this done by now," or you know, right. "Yeah, I get it that we broke for weather," mm-hmm. or but it's super important. I guess yeah. that's what I'm trying to get at. But there's the management. Like you got to be able to manage a team. I manage my team. She manages all the teams. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. That's like another step mm-hmm. up. Do you feel, Alex, that you? Do you feel a sense of freedom or a sense of you can do your job better? When you have a producer who you feel like has your back? Absolutely. Because she's talking to you. I'm talking to her. She's also talking to everybody else. So I know that I don't have to worry about anything outside of the lighting and camera departments. You know what I mean? Just like you. If you're on a set Mm -hmm. like Kill Game, all you have to worry about is the acting and talking to me. Sure. Have you guys ever had any asides? Because I know I've had some asides with Sarah where I'm like, look. You got to help me out here because Alex is going to want <laughs> Alex is going to want eight hundred lenses and he's going to want to like nah. have this thing and have like hours of time. I feel like I, I feel like there's been a moment where the two of you were like, "Okay, Alex, we've got this shoot under control. We need to eliminate brand. We need to <laughs> we're eliminate." We're not going to talk about. Pro- we need to these eliminate are the secrets Brandon. of producing. Yeah, you got to be like, well. Yeah. They're like the two of them were like, "We need to eliminate Brandon. <laughs> Everything will go according to plan." Absolutely Just not. Cut him out of the picture. No. Absolutely not. But that's the compromise aspect. Do you always have those? I mean, and that again, that's kind of the like the little thing about producing. Like you have to, you be realistic. You have to be. You have to have. <laughs> like you've got to be real with people. Yeah. You yeah, know. I know. Sure. I know. I want Absolutely. the Panavision anamorphics, Absolutely. but I can't have that. <laughs> right. Know? I mean, 
And so, sure, there's probably been times where we've been like, okay, like, I know Brandon says we're just going to do this with available light. <laughs> we can't. Yeah. But, okay, let's get real about how limited we can go. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's, yeah, it, it's, again, the choosing your battles, the, you know, the, the ultimate goal, dance, dude, dance. on every shoot is to give, I'm going to use you as the director in all senses, to give you what you want. Right. So the goal is to to give the direct to to serve the creative. Right? Yeah. Right. So we're there to make your. I mean, at the uh, end of the day, hey, it's wa- really your ass if it doesn't it work. Really as the first of all, as the owner of the company or like the head of yeah. Leap Frame, the you know, and the director on set, like you're you're the dude. If it doesn't go right, it's your ass. It's a oh. it's a lot of it's a lot of pressure actually. Yeah. And if if my wife is listening to this episode, yeah. She's going to really appreciate that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It sure. is. Sure, everything's about Brandon. It really is. Uh, <laughs> kind of goes back to what I was saying about people realizing like what they're all there for. Is, like, yeah. Everyone sort of sometimes gets wrapped up in their own um, pressures, and I think it's valid yeah. because it is, it is a high – it's kind of ridiculous, but it is kind of a high-pressure industry. Mm. There could yeah, be a million dollars. Here's right. the thing. Yeah. We are all gambling yeah. that the people behind us are going to be awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, honest, right, you know exactly. I mean? Like, at the end of the day, <laughs> totally. like, I walk into every production and every project. Mm. I feel like I have a pretty good gamble, but I'm walking to every project and I'm going, Yeah, Alex can do that and hit a home run, or whoever my DP is can hit a home run. I know Plyman at Sound Images is going to hit a home run on the audio. Sarah's clearly going to hit a home run from producing. But at the same time, you're probably going, Oh, my PAs are going to hit a home run. My assistant producers are going to hit a home run. And mm. you're looking at your gaffers going, oh, my gaffers are going to hit a home run. Like, we're all, like, if anything in the pyramid crumbles, like, it's all going down. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and that's the that's the deal. Not enough love gets thrown to the uh, the technical workhorse crew, I think. Oh, yeah. So, like, the, the grips, electrics, your gaffer, yeah. your key grip, the PAs, all the people, if you think about it like a pyramid, and that sounds terrible, the people at the bottom, because they're not at the bottom. No. Oh, but absolutely But the people not. that are at the bottom of that pyramid are holding up the weight of everything else. If they don't do their job, yeah. you're right, that whole thing crumbles. Yeah. Like, you could have the best creative in the world, but if you don't have the people to execute it, it doesn't mean a damn thing. Mm-hmm. But but to your point, absolutely. I've, seen a, I've been on sets where I've seriously seen a PA change the game. Really? When you have a PA who comes in and anticipates and brings you the thing you need before you ask it and does the thing before you ask it, the whole set gets elevated. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, who is he or who is she? True. And we need more of that in our lives. And the whole thing rises up. Yep. Um, I've seen that happen yeah, firsthand. No, and some it's of awesome. the parts, again. You know? Right. I, I agree because that's one of the things that I loved about, about coming into this business is and because I do think people appreciate that, but even at the very entry level positions, like I never felt like I was just a entry level position. Right. No, people really appreciate what you're doing, and maybe that's somewhat Cincinnati. I don't know, but it's true, and it really does make a difference. And that's what I was saying about remember why you're there because yes, your job is there to help make. You know, if you're doing craft service, it's there to make everyone have a better day, be fed, be yes, you know happy. Absolutely right. But even right? down to, if, a, if to like if you're a runner, if you're if you're sent on a mission <gasps> as a runner to go right. get something, 
if, it could potentially be crucial to yeah, might, finishing the project. If you're be, going to get a piece of wardrobe yes. yeah. that someone forgot yes. and you don't get that scarf that's, you know, the color red that's necessary for a visual <laughs> metaphor in the piece, yes. like right. the project's gone. I know. And people Absolutely. think, oh God, why is this such a big deal? But it's like, yeah. it. I think that comes down that's, to heart, like caring about what you're doing. You got to take it, your job seriously. It is a yeah. big deal. Well, I remember yeah. on the Armstrong set, we built this giant set and we never once asked the question, how are we going to tear it down? <laughs> yeah. Never. I do that no all one the asked time. That because here we are on Midwest Soundstage, this giant soundstage, and they've got somebody coming in tomorrow. Oh. And it's got to get out of there. Yeah. So it's got to be clean. And we never asked, the, I never asked the question. And so here we go, and we have a guy who was a carpenter on the art department team. He was, you know, art director, and then you have the build team. And he stepped up and he was like, oh, I'll take it. He was like, I got a farm, such such, I got a truck, da da da. Save the day. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a 20 foot by 14 foot by 8 foot set. You can't just throw that in the dumpster. No. Like, well, that has to be disassembled. Yeah. It's going to be cut down into small chunks. And, and yeah. all of a sudden, what was my biggest worry, like, oh my gosh, how, like, what? How much is this going to cost me? Yeah. This guy steps up and goes, oh, I'll take that problem away from you. Let me tell you who was the hero. Of that production for me. Mm. It was not the talent. It was mm-hmm. not the creative. It was yeah. not the copy. It was him. Yeah. <laughs> because he solved my biggest problem and did it with a smile and built the set. Dude, he was a rock star. Exactly. And I think that there's one word that you just said that I think people need to remember is smile. Yeah. Like attitude is everything a lot of the times when it comes to this this uh, industry. If you walk on set with a bad attitude, again, we're talking about some of the parts, you bring the the average, like the attitude average of everybody down. Right. If you walk on set with a smile, all of a sudden you're going up. Like smiling yeah, is contagious, what, dude. I agree. Know? Mojo is important. And that's Huge. probably the biggest thing I stress. Yeah. And Sarah knows this. Every time we get together for a project, I just look at her and I'm like, don't kill the mojo. No, you like, got to keep what, smiling. Whoever's man. on this thing, the mojo you know has to be there. And that starts <laughs> yeah. again with your point is really realizing how lucky you are. If right. first of all, you realize how lucky you are to be doing this job <sighs> and getting paid to do that. Right. There's no reason you shouldn't be smiling. Yeah. That, like that actually internally, brings up, you know, yeah, that's another thing. So from little, another tidbit from my dad there. Yeah. The bigger thing is people like you make people yeah. like you. People yeah. want to hire people. They like, that's you know? yeah, I mean, he's like, that's really what matters. If, like, you're a, if you're a grump, no one's going to want to work with you. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, regardless of how talented you are. They're long days. They're stressful <laughs> days. They're, you yes. know, they're whatever. Yeah. You have to be somebody that people want to have on the team. I mean, even just like Brandon and I, we go, what? How many eight plus hour car rides have we been on together? We're, we're, yeah. we're an intimate, if, si- we're in an intimate situation here. <laughs> if we, if there was one part of our personalities that didn't jive, I don't think we'd work together. No, you know but I mean? I mean, we're, we're in pretty deep though. But I'm just saying, I'm saying. I mean, on the, uh, just so you know, yeah. on the way, we posted on Instagram, we were coming back from Waukesha, Wisconsin. So we're at a level where like, we ended up spending the night at his parents' house yeah. and like going to dinner, like. We I performed your wedding. Fam. You did. He was the yeah. Yeah, oh, you can't get. We're at a whole other level. Yeah, no, you no, can't no. get close. But that goes yeah. down to the base level of likability of uh, collaboration and in, in the Lego thing. If you well, don't fit together, yeah. Like, you, you, well, I think the done, the main right? word is trust. Trust. And whether it's between a director and a DP, between a client and a director, between a client and project management, between a producer and a director, 
you have to build trust. You have to know that what you say is what you do. When I look at a producer and I say, I need to do this. Here's my budget. Can I bring my vision to life? Here's what I want. Here's the camera I want. And here's what I want to happen. If that producer looks at me and says, yes, then I... I have to trust that, and I'm going to act accordingly. Yeah, you can't overthink. If, that worry's lifted now. You're on to something else. If I start acting accordingly and stuff starts falling apart, I lose that trust, mm. and I can never tr- – it's so hard to gain that trust back again. Oh, I'll, yeah. I would probably never hire that person again. Well, but when, <laughs> which is – yeah. But when you do it, and it all – and again, not that it's perfect, but it all – at the end of the day, you're like, wow, it all came together. You build that trust that, oh, my gosh – she pulled it together. He pulled it together. It right. happened. It worked. So for producers out there who are listening to this going, holy shit. <laughs> uh, I would say there's a couple things. One is um, do your homework. Talk to your people. Mm-hmm. Make sure before you say something like that, you can really execute that <laughs> yeah you know that's good i mean true. I, I would just just do a little gut check and say hey i think that we can do this alex but um talk. what are you what yeah. are you thinking about this that has been like such an i i think early on in my career i was much more hesitant i felt like i should know everything i didn't call people now as i get older and i'm more confident and i i really am like just pick up the phone just pick up the phone and say alex like this is what I'm thinking. This is what Alex, this yeah. is what Brandon is wants to do. Is an 80 foot dolly shop possible? Is this, is this the, possible? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is how I'm thinking. Call the editor. Say like, True. hey, is this going to be a problem in post? Like, think about all the things that it's going to affect and have those conversations. And this is why I go back to pre-production and people mm. are like, mm. oh, producers, pre-production, like worthless, you know, whatever. Yeah. I love, what you, just, I love what you just said because to me, if I had to wrap that up in a nugget, it would be, don't be afraid to not know. Not at all. True. Like your job is not your job is to figure it out, not to know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in, in fact, every the more you think you know, probably the, the in some ways the worse yeah. off you might be. <laughs> yeah. Because you <clears throat> make assumptions that maybe you shouldn't. You don't want to think. Mm-hmm. You want to know. Yeah. yeah but that's, right. That's I what mean, makes... there's experience, and that happens, and you get a good sense of you know when I do a bid, I'm not calling every person because I don't even know exactly what we're doing a bid based on some. Yeah, random creative brief. But at the same time, like I have people that I can call and say, hey, this specific thing is the style that they're going for. This is how I'm thinking about it. Is that possible? Here's how I've da-da-da-da, whatever. And the the more experience you have, the less phone calls you make because you... Yeah, because you you've no, been you yeah. do, but um, yeah, I did but the I think car it's thing. All, yeah. Right, exactly. But it's always valid to, or always a good idea to... Um, Double check. To be ha- yeah. to have those conversations because everything's a little different, and I think that's what's kind of the fun of it to me. I know Brandon said before, like you and I have had yeah. these conversations where we get really into like, <laughs> okay, and then this happens here. Oh, but we could do this, and then we change our mind like six times, and Brandon's like, ah, you know, like yeah. what? But that's Just, the yeah, actually call, call me when you figure right, it out. Right, call yeah, me yeah. when you figure it out. My, okay, so <laughs> yeah. what they're referring to? Is I, ha- I, <laughs> I, d- I drew a diagram on. <laughs> I love the diagram. I have a threshold. <laughs> yeah, and do. my threshold is this. There's a certain point where I hit a threshold and I realized, guys, no one is going to die because of this decision. <laughs> no. And that literally is, that's literally my threshold. Like, yeah. Sometimes we, in production, we get so caught up in the details. We get so caught up in the whatever it is we're thinking about in post-production, production, whatever it is. And we get lost from the big picture. And the big picture is, you know, X. And sometimes we get lost in the details. And that's where I hit a threshold and I say, guys... 
it's going to be okay. Yeah. Like mm. no one's going to die if this goes to the left or the right of what we're shooting at. Yep. Um, we'll just pivot. We'll pivot. We'll figure it out. The heart of it is there. We're all on the same page. We're going to have fun. Let's go and have a good time. And that is when I think you break through into a moment where everybody's like, you know what? You're right. Let's go have fun. We've done this. We've done our work. Let's go do it. And yeah. then you do it and it just works out. Like it always works out. <laughs> I think I think that is right? a, I think that's why you have a team. I think that's why you have different people who are good at different Shoulders things. Shoulders to lean on. Because I yeah. do think that you're right. Like I know myself and I can get so down in those details sometimes <laughs> that I'm like, well, you know, as much as I love the big picture too. I mean, you can get like, okay, how is this going to exactly happen? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need yeah. that, but you need both. You know, agreed. You need both. Man, wow. Agreed. So I, clearly, you're gonna you're coming back to the show. This is great stuff. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> I think the listeners are gonna dig on this position, big time. The relationship between departments, I think, is a huge thing that we can continue to talk about. Absolutely. What I want to talk about, I'm gonna switch it up a little bit here, and uh, since we're always talking about, you know, we we just talk about creating things, right? Yeah. I want to know. Sarah, what you're working on? One of the questions yeah. we like yeah. to ask here. What, what do you got questions. currently there, or what is coming up? you got stuff in the hopper. Can you so talk we, about yeah, it? Yeah, we talked about the LLC thing, the formalizing. Right. It's okay the, to use code names. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I, I can talk about it a, a, yeah. a, a little bit. We'll What's just, going on in your what, world? I mean, like I said, this is kind of this has been a, a time of shift in my life, which is good. Um, Did I you say spent, tectonic shift? Yeah, tectonic shift. I've spent a lot of time producing other people's stuff and... Um, most people know I care about doing a good job and I care about coming out with like a really great piece, but I, I don't care about a lot of the stuff that we're doing in the long run in terms of, I, I want to do something that I can get behind. Sure. And I think to do that, it's, um, and I, and I want to have more of a creative voice versus just being more of the producer. So, um, I'm, I am sort of partnering with, uh, a couple of different people. So I've got some things kind of in development. Um, my sister and I actually, my sister's a, getting her PhD in early childhood education. Both of us have a really like, obviously she does it. I'm somewhat biased, I know, but she is a, she's a super smarty. And um, I love what she's doing, what she's researching, and just how important that early childhood phase is. And I think there's a lot of conversation about that, but there's also a lot of ambiguity about what that means. So we are starting to kind of work on some pieces for her, especially um, when she comes time to do her thesis and how we might be able to bring some of those ideas to life. So that's one thing. In the, in the video form? Yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, traditionally you write your – and I think she'll still have to write her thesis, obviously. But but as a as a supplement and as maybe a – you know, who knows how, like how she'll take that or where she'll go with that. Yeah. But um, so that's one thing. I have some friends who are in the nonprofit space, so I've been working with them on some developing some things. Cool. This whole idea of sort of attaching like more of the, you know, I think traditionally in the nonprofit space, you are trying to tell a story about what you do. And I think it's interesting to me to start to think about um, attaching a story to, or like creating a story and then just attaching, like this is why we do what we do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. many of the nonprofits out there that I see right now are like really trying to tell a story about what they are doing. And so I just I think it's an interesting shift to kind of look at it like how can we create a story that of why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, so it's it really less fo- a lot less focus on 
No, I get it. I think that's something that Brandon likes to talk about, too, is he'll reference brands. And a lot of people do on the brand side. Here's a story of what we do where Brandon, I think, likes to live. And correct me if I'm wrong, is you like to find that human story on the outside that's influenced by that brand. Absolutely. Yeah, so right. Find I, the guy yes, that, that his life has changed by the deodorant absolutely. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Tell that story and then yeah. attach the brand. Right. Absolutely. And I just want to do that for things that like for for more social issues or yeah, nonprofits or exactly. things like that. So that's kind of where I'm heading. And I've been spending a lot of time looking at some things outside of the industry. So for instance, I just took a class in Creative Live by Alex Bloomberg, who is one of the producers, was a producer for This American Life for a long time and now has his own podcast. I think it's called Great Show. Yeah. yeah. Planet Money. Oh nice. Um but anyway, so he he's done a course and it's all about like how that radio podcast structure, like interview I mean, I'm such a huge fan of This American Life, like in Ira Glass and So good. That is like a huge influence for me. So looking at some mm-hmm. of those things and what they're doing and how they create sort of these, oh my God, he's just so good at like getting to the genius, heart, yeah. uh, the mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. to the heart of the matter. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, his understanding of the power of story and the antidote is unbelievable. If you haven't heard his, Ira Glass's talk on the power of anecdotal thinking and storytelling. Creativity. Google it now. Okay. It will literally change the game. Dude, It's everybody should listen to that. Yeah. 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 So so anyway, so I've been doing a lot of that, looking at like outside of the industry on what things are happening that I the things that I really gravitate towards or love, like what are they doing there? What's happening mm-hmm. there and how can I like tap into that? And nice. um well, and things I know, like photography and stuff. I know a production company and a director of photography who would be more than willing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> more Trust than me. willing. I to trust throw me. all of our it's love it's towards <laughs> you. You've been so kind to us and we are just waiting wait. for you. <laughs> to come to us and say, "Here's a project. Here's where we're going, and yeah. we're just gonna we're gonna follow you wherever you go." I so, can't. Yeah. I so can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I no. mean, literally, like if you yeah. want to go to Antarctica, we'll go. Yeah. With I you. would love to go to Antarctica. <laughs> so, um, <Yeah. laughs> man, what a fun day! Yeah. This has been great. Well, yeah. yeah. Gosh, what about you, this. dude? We she talked about what she's working on. What are you? Yeah. And I've got about twenty five. RFPs out there right now. You're in the bid process, aren't you? If they all yeah. land, we are in some serious trouble. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to need we're gonna need filmmakers some backup. from around the world to come Send together. Send us no. your stuff. We're yeah. really excited. we got some great opportunities that are in the hopper. Um, I'm really excited about an opportunity um, we're working on right now with a brand who helps understand uh, how people think. It's a research brand, and we're going to work with them to create a piece of content that shows how they work. And so it's a research brand. So they have a methodology that includes um, some really smart thinking about instead of, you know, traditionally research brings people into a boardroom with a curator. The way they do it is they go to the people. So, so this research produces, um, you know, a customer and they take it to, let's just say Procter and Gamble. They say Procter and Gamble, your primary customer is, you know, Jonathan. And Jonathan looks like this. Jonathan acts like that. And it's based on these research that they do. Well, the company I'm working with, um, they do research where instead of talking about Jonathan, they just go get Jonathan. They just go get him. Yeah. They're like, by the way, Jonathan lives in Brooklyn. Uh, we checked out his Instagram feed, and it's pretty on point. And we think he'd be a great candidate. And they have an app that they've discovered. It's a proprietary app. They give the app to Jonathan. Jonathan downloads it by invite in the App Store. And this app is amazing. It gives him missions. 
these missions tell him what to do. And everything that he does is supporting the story to the brand and the consumer through this company that I'm, I know I'm talking in like, I'm under code. I'm under yeah, non-disclosure yeah. agreement. You can't. I mean, I, I can't no, talk about this. I literally have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. But it sounds really. What is, but at the end of the day, what we have to do is we have to convey missions and sorry, code. Sorry, this kind of I know, I know it sounds pretentious, but I can't say these things. This is pretentious. So we are making a video, a piece of media, uh, yeah. like a 60 second um, moment. I'm going to call it a moment. Moment snapshot. It's a moment in yeah. life. That conveys what they do, which I think is really powerful, and it conveys it to a large brand. Um, and when they watch this, they're going to say, "Oh my gosh, we have to use you." I think that was me. That was going to say that I was. There was a, wow. I don't think that was. It either. wasn't that, a belch, uh, but seal, it was that seal box it trying was to seal box seal working its way out. Seal box um, escape. But anyway, <laughs> and I'm really excited about it because a, cool. I believe what these people are doing is pretty rad. Yeah, and I want to be a part of it. And b, I think it's a really cool challenge. Let me just say one last thing. I know we're. This is an amazing podcast. We could go Dude, for like time hours. doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. Who cares? I want to say this. Uh, this <laughs> just is, keep driving around the block. If this you're is something yeah. that I'm. This is something that I'm learning. Um, I'm going to go ahead and make a statement, a bold statement. That's kind of what I do on the show. You, you're the bold statement. Okay, guy. I'm going to go ahead and make yeah. a bold statement. Bold Brandon. Broadcast go. spots are meaningless. I'm going to go ahead and make that statement. Broadcast spots are meaningless. This world and this economy, there is much more at the table than broadcast spots. We have the ability to change thinking, hearts and minds like Sarah was talking about, but also how people do business. And I think that's amazing. If we can influence how people do business, we can influence economies. And that is way bigger than a broadcast spot with a funny freaking Super Bowl commercial. I just read three articles that said the Super Bowl commercials are dead, and I couldn't agree more. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I would agree with that half of your statement. The, so the all I want to say, yeah, all ahead. I want to say is, I have nothing wrong with broadcast commercials. I love doing that sort of stuff. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. But there is also a whole nother world of media that is really impactful, that is changing hearts and minds for the better. And that's that should not be undervalued just because it's not as sexy and it might not totally. be the front page. <laughs> I agree. No, I, I Done. Com- that's I, my statement. I completely agree. I, I will. And real quick. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. As producers, directors, and people who own video production companies. I want you to hear that statement because here's why. What you're doing is not for not. Sometimes internal communications are more powerful than broadcast spots. So keep fighting the good fight. Let's do this together. Whoa. PSA. <laughs> good Lord. I don't even know how to, how to talk about that. I agree with half of what you're saying. Uh, okay. I, I agree with the sentiment. I like the discourse I, I do. I agree with the sentiment of what you're saying. Uh, I don't think broadcast spots are meaningless. I think it's all about the eyeballs, how many people you reach, what you're actually saying. I agree that the traditional form of broadcast spot, the comedic, just get a laugh, whatever, sell your product, is becoming meaningless. I think that whole realm needs to be reevaluated and shifted. I like the indie vibe, the creativity, the, all that in the web realm. And I think if that transitions into the broadcast sector, I don't think that's going anywhere. I don't think broadcast is going anywhere for a while. I think that's still going to be a big thing, even though we're transitioning to web-based and on-demand and all of that. I think if the indie, I wouldn't say indie, but if the creative hearts and minds vibe of the internet transitions into broadcast, we're all the better for it. Okay, here's my right? question to you. Go ahead. Pushing back, because that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, we do. Me and you, 
we love each other, but we're also- We also the, hate each other. We hate <laughs> each other. So here's my question to you. Yeah. Would you rather have a million Instagram views of a 15-second- really witty crafty moment that you, actually that you it. shot yep. and you created on instagram or would you have a speculative maybe a million but maybe two hundred fifty thousand? we're not really quite sure because nielsen's kind of a eh, yeah on broadcast that may or may not have happened which one do you want may or may not have happened. oh the views yeah uh that's a tough one because my you know i mean my my whole deal so i'm a i'm a freelance artist slash personal business owner slash whatever <laughs> so in the long run it's it's a weird one man i'm in a gray zone so the broadcast spot regardless of how many eyeballs saw it that you can rate and review sure. and all that crap that's going to serve my career right. better in the long term because it's got the sex at this, factor. At this, at this point, yeah. at this point, I would agree. It's less about um, the larger reach yes. and more about the perceived value of your mm-hmm. craft. You exactly. know, I mean, personally, right. I might feel better about the million views on a fifteen-second Instagram video that actually meant something. But in the long term, it's half and half. Do my views? Do my feelings really matter? Sometimes no. I respect right. that. You know. Yeah. So I I have to. That's why I take so many time so much time to do personal projects and and crap that I believe in short films, documentaries, stuff with you, stuff that you know I'll get into here in a second that I just did. But half the time I I got to do the stuff that pays the bills, which is the broadcast, the the you know brand spots. But at the value proposition standpoint, correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah. What's more valuable? Three million Twitter views, or speculatively maybe fifty thousand local TV views. Uh, I don't. I mean, I I struggle with great. that. I, I think it, I think it depends on wh- who you're talking to. I mean, yeah. for, I think for Alex, like his point is, yeah, that's gr- it. May it may have a larger reach to um, you know have all those views, and and people are doing that, and mm. people are getting. Fame, basically YouTube fame, you know, or Instagram fame, whatever. But for somebody who's a working artist in this business, I still think from a professional standpoint, to be able to have both of those, to have that represented says something still at this point. That may not be forever. But for now, True. I it still think it, mm. it says something and therefore it ha- holds probably maybe a little bit more weight depending on what you want to do. But it holds more weight to say, even if, I don't know, this is, you know, it's tricky. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, I, yeah. I think it's, there's a perceived value. It's a tough one. I, I get it. But here's the thing that I'm challenging is I think brands hmm. need to get smarter. I yeah. think it's different And they need brands. to realize that the actual influence is on social. It's shifting. Yeah. Not broadcast. No, I, I think you're right. Old I think people shifting. watch cable. Oh, there's no there's no question that that's yeah. the direction. That's that all. It's, that, no question no, that's it's going that. But I love you. But at this point love right too, now, buddy. I still think, you know. Sarah's yeah. our mediator. No, no, no. Anyway. I'm just saying for my professional, you asked me, hey, what's yeah. more important no, to you? No, that's cool. You? I get it. To me, professionally, I, get I, it. I need the broadcast. Buddy. Yeah, it's sexy. I get but it. I, but I think it's just, you know, you're always working with these like, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there. You know, I mean, it's yeah. um, it's crazy. You know, you got to have both of those things because I think there's an experience that comes from 
this side and there's a, there's I, a different experience. I you think know. that we're on the tipping point. It used to be broadcast was king, yeah. social was what? I think we're on the tipping point where social is king, broadcast is what? I think I we're at a place where people are going to say, oh, no. I'd we are way views. more important yeah. on on online and social media, not even YouTube, but Instagram and Twitter and whatever else is going to come next is way more influential than anything that ever hits broadcast. To be honest, I hit, I've, I don't maybe in the past three, two years, maybe I've watched 10% of my life has been dedicated to anything that was on actual mm. broadcast. Everything else has been on the internet. Yeah. I mean, everything we talk about on the show is the internet. Yeah. Well, no, I, I agree. All the, the actual content, the best content is has been shifted to on-demand uh, lines. So, mm-hmm. you know, you got your Netflix and your Amazon and your Hulu, which means that people are cutting the cord. They're dropping the cable. And if they drop the cable, they don't see the broadcast spots. And what's happening now is even though you shoot a broadcast spot, say we went out and we shot a million-dollar commercial tomorrow, that spot, yes, it'll play on cable and on the broadcast realms and the networks but they're going to put so much money into the online sure versions of that you're going to see it as a pre-roll on youtube and you know all over the internet yeah, you'll see the 15 second cut yeah, on and Insta. people will be skipping the ad on every video that they watch right <laughs> well that's <laughs> you know? even it's if all you good. have broadcast yeah. but if again that's the whole deal is like the quick I, I don't know why i'm getting off on this tangent but the first five seconds of the advertisement which i think think people like google or not google but uh geico and stuff sure Hey, you can't skip this ad because it's already over. Yeah, that kind of—it's brilliant, dude. Yeah, brilliant. But that's all internet marketing, you know. Okay, stuff's changing. <laughs> this show's yeah, crazy. It is. It's going into part two. If you've stuck <laughs> around, thank you so much. I know you've yeah. enjoyed this. We got to wrap it up. Great <laughs> feedback from Sarah. We knew this was going to happen uh, because having our buddy on the show uh, is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, you're amazing. Thanks. You're amazing. Let me ask you this. If people want to work with you, if they want to get in touch with you, if they want you to help out with their project, bring your point of view to the table, you have this passion in these different areas, where do they get a hold of you? How do we get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, 2.2 seconds away from having my website up. What? <laughs> Are you on Twitter? I'm, I'm so no. not social media. All right. But... Um, yeah, I think the best way is probably my email. Okay. So, uh, so, old so your landline. So yeah, let me go ahead and just <laughs> throw my this home phone. Let me go ahead and protect you from getting yeah, crazy right. Spam. I know, Mike. If uh, you if you like what you're hearing from Sarah, if you like the point of view and you want to work with her, just reach out to us on FDB Podcast. We're best buddies with her. She works on a lot of projects with us. We'll connect you. the dots for you. Yeah. Not a problem. We'll so, filter um, out the spam. If <laughs> you if you are in another city, take ten percent of your yeah. earnings. You know? Yeah. <laughs> if you're in another city. And you're yeah. like, oh my gosh, I need to shoot in Cincinnati. I need somebody to bring that together. Sarah's the perfect person to build that team for you. Even if she can't get to it, she'll have the right people to do that for you. Yeah. Reach out to, to us on ftbpodcast.com. Go to ask us anything or uh, our emails listed on there. Yeah. Shoot us an email and be like, oh my gosh, you guys talked about Sarah. We'll connect the dots. Not a problem. <laughs> so do that. Um, while you're there, check out the site. It's nice. Correct. It's new. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a little blog posts. There's pretty, things. And we're going to throw um, a bunch of links up there for this episode. Yeah, you're going to have talked the, about a lot. Yeah, you're going to have the top five, yeah. um, and you're going to have all sorts of stuff. I, and yeah. if you appreciate what you're hearing right now, if you like the feedback you're getting, if you like real-world people talking about real-world stuff that's great takeaways to change your life, go to <laughs> iTunes. That's what we do. We change Give life. us a five-star rating to just say thank you, and we appreciate that. And write us a review. Right. 
Right. Tell us exactly what you liked and didn't like. Yeah. Before we leave, there's one thing I want to throw out because I never got my what are you working on? <laughs> oh my God. This is it. This is it. This is the end. So I just uh, finished up a short film with uh, my buddy Adam Mark Brown, who I did Daniel and Siri with. Oh, yeah. This is the last thing I want to say, but we just finished up the short film called Lapses. Uh, we shot it on a super tight budget, uh, an hour east of Cincinnati in a really cool, tiny motel. Awesome talent. Uh, check it out. It's called Lapses. Uh, you can find it on my uh, Instagram page, Alex Elkins DOP. And that's all I want to say. It sounds to me like that's yeah. something we can talk about next year, next show. Oh, we will. Part two. Because I want to know about it. I want to break it down. What camera did you use? How'd you do it? it Would you do it? It was really interesting. Because to and, me, the thing that yeah. I'm intrigued about is um, you said you did this on a pretty small budget. Very. And we did a lot with that. So. Yeah. Well, that's great. So uh, yeah. We'll break it down next time. It's going to be great. Yeah. And I believe as long as everything goes according to plan, next episode, we're going to have Laura Linville art director oh, so nice. we mentioned the the sets and the armstrong spots and breaking it down we can talk about how we actually did that and what it took so. yeah she's amazing and she um is. so this has been a great month by the way it has we've had it's some like amazing fem- female february yes we've had amazing <laughs> secretly we've had amazing no, it's pretty women open. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. we're trying not to be sexist about it yeah we've had amazing women uh, on the show we wanted to feature Emails. Yeah. Well, just so you know, as of now, I believe trending, um, Kristen Irwin from the Film Commission, her episode is trending to be the the top listening episode. Yeah. So Fantastic. clearly, getting the ladies on the show is a positive yeah. thing. Yeah. Awesome. Who else do you have? Did you have? So you had Kristen. You're gonna have Laura Lynn. We had, we had uh, the, Nicole Gunderman the, from the 51 percent Bourbon Club, oh, all female, nice. bourbon which okay. you might dig. Yeah. Maybe you need to join up. Yeah. And they, she was talking. She didn't know if they had any yeah. filmmakers. So you need to oh. get in there. Um, right. And then we've got you up and there, then Laura Linville. So um, up there, social media yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> so w- have you have you had a good time? Oh, it's been fantastic. So Thank you'll you come guys. back on the show. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, there we go. That's what we need. Bring more seal box. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, cool. it's been a lot of fun. We've covered yes. a lot of ground. Um, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it, and we want you guys to do a uh, great job on your productions. Keep those uh, things in mind. The top five will be on the site at ftvpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. You got anything else to say, buddy? <laughs> I don't. Thanks, Sarah. Cheers. Thanks, Cheers. You guys. Thanks, Sarah. All right. This podcast was recorded live at Sound Images Studio. Find out more at soundimages.com.